Hey guys, and welcome to a brand new episode of Nerds Talk Movies. My name is Taylor. I'm going to be your host today. The whole crew has been assembled, pun intended here for this episode, as I am joined by my two wonderful co-hosts, Tristan and Drew. Tristan, let's start with you. How are you doing today? One would say that I'm doing marvelously. You know, that could, that could be a statement that could be made. Drew, how are you doing? Fantastic. Spectacular. Some might even say amazing. We've used that so many times. We talked about Spider-Man so much, and we've used those same puns every single time. Is it a little overdone? Who's to say? But you saw the title, but you might not know the deal. So today's episode is going to be a little different from what we usually do. Instead of talking about a specific movie or show, we're going to take a hot minute, or about an hour, to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and whether or not the franchise should reboot. There's no point to go over the incredible success of the MCU. Uh, It's arguably, keyword there, the most successful franchise in cinematic history. The Infinity Saga, which began with Iron Man and technically ended with Spider-Man Far From Home, was a record-breaking feat that audiences, for the most part, enjoyed. After the Infinity Saga, Disney and Marvel boss Kevin Foggy had a new plan. They would introduce new characters and essentially level up other characters via new limited-time shows on their, at-the-time, new subscription streaming service, Disney+. Plus. Overall, the plan was essentially more. More movies, more shows, more content. Then, as Tristan would say, the panini happened. It did happen. It did happen. And we're not talking about the sandwich here, are we? I wish. God, I wish. I'd go for a panini (laughs) right now. Panini sounds really nice right now. Uh, But (laughs) point being, keeping the subject strictly on the MCU, the pandemic had a major effect on the MCU. And I don't think it's fair to ignore it while talking about our topic today. The order of films and shows that were released would have been drastically different. For instance, Guardians 3 was originally in a, what was it, an early Phase 4, I think, movie? Guardians 3? I think it was. I think it was supposed to be either early to mid Phase 4. Oh, you movie. mean originally. I thought you meant like <laughs> when it actually came out, I'm like, Taylor. Oh, no, 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 no. Four no. For <laughs> almost a year now. But originally, I think it was supposed to be like an early to mid Phase 4 movie. I think that's true. And Black Widow would have been a theatrical release. Now, I'm not saying that Black Widow would have turned out differently and everybody in the world would have loved it. I saw it in theaters. Yeah, it was. It just, like, they just allowed it to come out on streaming True, but a full theatrical release with everybody going to theaters. That's a very fair distinction to make, because honestly, I did not remember that. Uh... But you do got to imagine if the old Panini didn't happen and Black Widow released in theaters as planned, Disney would have got some solid money out of it. Uh, The plots of movies and shows changed as well. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a notorious example of that, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll try to find an article about it and leave it in the description. Uh, Basically, it has to do with the villains of the show and a few other things that they do in the show that they took out because of the pandemic. So, on top of the Panini happening, Marvel just wasn't clicking with the general audience anymore outside of a few projects. 
You can see evidence of audiences losing interest through box office numbers and the general reception around each project. Spider-Man No Way Home knocked it out of the park. Shang-Chi is probably the best received newcomer to the MCU due to his first solo outing. Loki Season 1 impressed people by not teasing something and failing to pay it off with the reveal of Jonathan Majors as Kang or in, a, in the show, a Kang variant called He Who Remains. And Guardians 3 had people in tears with a gripping, emotional, and action-packed story. That was probably the end of the Guardians as we know it. I'm sure I left off a few projects, so feel free to let us know what I missed in the comments or on our Discord, preferably our Discord. Point being, the MCU has been in a rocky place with more misses than hits since Endgame happened. Sure, we've had some successes here and there, but the fails have been... Let's just say loud and noticeable. Some quick examples here are this podcast's favorite movie, Thor Love and Thunder. Fuck, fuck that movie so much. I, I can't even, even as a joke, I'm not going to sit here and let you say it's the favorite. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck that movie so hard. On this podcast, I know we had a MC Ricking episode. Can we officially call Thor Love and Thunder the worst MCU project? I, yes. I'd, I'd, okay. Well, I don't know. I also, you know what? Yeah. No, because I was thinking about how much I didn't really like What If, but What If at its worst, I was at its worst. What if I just didn't care about Thor: Love and Thunder? I actually got annoyed. Yeah. What if it at least had a few decent episodes? Yeah. The last two, really especially the last two episodes, real cool. Made Ultron cool again. Yeah. And I liked that. So shout out to What If for that. But fuck Thor: Love and Thunder. Mm. Also, also shout out to the Doctor Strange episode because yeah, that was episode. really yep. good. Hey, I'm I'm glad we just got that on record. On the record, Thor: Love and Thunder worst. <laughs> In the same company as Thor: Love and Thunder, apparently now, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania and Secret Invasion, the latter of which is the latest and lowest rated MCU show yet on Disney Plus, and to show just how much people didn't really care about it, the two comic book nerds figuratively sitting next to me. Didn't watch it. Oh, you didn't watch it either, Drew? Nope. I didn't watch that show. <laughs> I well, just added, well, I don't care. Well, well, I might be forced to. Uh, like, uh, uh, Sister wants to watch it because it's Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, it does have Samuel L. Jackson. I'll say that. There's some he's, Jackson. Yeah, from what I've seen, he's present. You know what else he's in? The Marvel Snap commercial. And I tell you what, Marvel Snap seems like, from what I've heard, a better way to spend your time than watching that show. Oh, it is. It is. Besides That's how point. I spend my time. So with all the hype around Deadpool 3 being a multiversal adventure with all sorts of hijinks and shenanigans and Avengers Secret Wars looming, I think it's time that we take inventory of the MCU right now and ask the question, should the MCU undergo a reboot? First, let's pull a Seinfeld and take cues from the great tradition known as Festivus. Usually we try to bring it around and have some positives on this show. We try to somehow see the bright side. The only time I think we've not been able to do that, other than Thor Love and Thunder, is what, with Suicide Squad 2016? I've, I had some positives about Suicide Squad 2016. It's mainly just Captain Boomerang. I remember that yeah. being like a 45-minute roast session where we tried to not talk about the movie. That movie was just booty. Like, I had a bit of positives. Like, I said... Even though, like the, even though I didn't like the movie, I still like Will Smith as Deadshot. Either I way. like I like Will Smith in the movie, but he's not. <laughs> I don't know. He's not. I like Will Smith. I like that in the movie he plays Will Smith. 
I would have liked a more deadshot-y deadshot, but he was far from the big problem with that film. But we're not talking about Suicide Squad today. Look, I'm trying, I tried to latch onto anything I could like in that film, okay? Will Smith slapped in that movie. That's all he, I'm gonna say. He sure did. <laughs> he sure did. I'm sure we'll have some positive outlooks today. All right. But what I want from you guys now is I want you to air out your grievances with MCU. Think of your co-hosts and our listeners as your Marvel therapist, as it were, as you have the Festivus poll in your hand to tell the MCU how it has disappointed you. Drew, let's start with you. I'm going to start with Thor Love and Thunder, because how can you take the <laughs> Gore the God Butcher storyline and fuck it up so badly? You had the all-star cast. You had everything set up already that you needed. All you needed to do was just say, Gore the God Butcher has been out here all the time killing gods. It's the reason we don't see anyone besides the Asgardians. And they were in, like, hiding or something. You had so many ways of making this make sense. And you fucked it up. How could you fuck it up? It's literally the modern Thor story of the decades. Decades, because even here in the 2020s, it still is one of Thor's, Thor's most seminal stories. It's still being harkened back to. Hey man, we got screaming goats out of it. <laughs> Don't, you better not. Those did, those did make me chuckle, I'll admit. I, I will say, that, that was a joke that was not funny. It wasn't funny until it became funny. Yeah, and then it became funny, and, and then it became somehow unfunny it played again. its... Yeah, I don't know how it managed to do that. It was, it was it unfunny, was, funny, Now, that was, that was a bad. feat of filmmaking I'd like to study. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I agree with you, man. I think Thor, Love, and Thunder was just a massive miss. Especially, I, again, we say this many times on this show, but in case anybody hasn't heard this podcast before, I am a fan of Thor, Love, and Thunder. I think it is one of the better... MCU movies. My two co-hosts here do You're not. T- you like mean Thor you mean Ragnarok? Wait, you mean Thor Ragnarok? Ragnarok Sorry, right? Ragnarok, Ragnarok. Sorry. See, now that's a, that's the sad part. Now it's hard to differentiate the two. It's actually impacted a movie I used to really like, and now I think Ragnarok is worse because Love and Thunder exists. Because of like this is what you have wrought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Tristan, you now have the Festivus poll. It's funny that you you phrase it as like how's the MCU disappointed me and this is going to sound I can't I can't say for sure if this is going to sound more negative than me to or sound more nonchalant but I feel like to be disappointed by the MCU I kind of have to really care. <laughs> like I That I'm, feels like such a dig. Yeah, but it's like I mean here's the thing. <laughs> Look. We all know I'm I'm the DC guy and has DC disappointed me many times. Many many times. You know what I mean? Like, it's more so than most other things in my life. I feel like DC should have disappointed you more. Yeah, it has. Well, that's what I'm saying. It has disappointed me more than Marvel. But with Marvel, it's like, sure, I enjoy the movies, and, like, I like a lot of the Marvel comics, but for the most part, and this is something that, you know, uh, over over the course of the Panini, I started reading a lot more Marvel, and then, you know, I rewatched the MCU uh, even before we did for the podcast, and I was enjoying it well enough, like, oh, this is really cool, because I was watching it with someone who'd never seen all of them before, so I had that, that new energy that got me more hyped on it, you know? And then uh, re-watching it 
again for us to do our rankings, it was just like, okay, yeah, these are all things that exist, and for the most part, the MCU hasn't really gotten into characters I super give a shit about yet. You know, like, I like Captain America. Captain America's my dude, and I thought he had a decent story. His ending in Endgame is like, alright, that kind of goes against the arc he was you know, going through, but whatever, he had cool moments, sure. The Avengers movies, I enjoyed. The Guardians movies, I loved. Spider-Man wasn't necessarily crazy about some of the things he did with him towards the beginning, but he's in a place now that I really enjoy it. Otherwise, it's like, well, these are all characters that are in this universe, sure, whatever, these movies are fine, I'm not, like, trying to put my head through a wall watching them. Like, I've had some pleasant surprises, like, I liked Eternals more than I thought I would. You know, Doctor Strange, real fun. Love Doctor Strange. You were the pro She-Hulk person. On I, I, I really enjoyed She-Hulk. I thought I liked how much it was taking the piss out of the MCU. I tell you what, Tristan, I will back you up here on one thing. Mm-hmm. After watching Secret Invasion, I give She-Hulk a little more credit because at least for the ending of that show, yeah, I tell you what, they tried. Oh, I saw, I saw all that on Twitter. I'm like, hmm, we gonna keep making fun of She-Hulk now, people. I still think it's not very good, but however, it deserves more credit for at least going like, hey, the ending of these shows are stupid. Well, you two hate women, so, you know, that's the, (laughs) (laughs) that's, that's why you're That's notorious. Notorious, notorious women haters. Tristan, the only, uh, pro woman person here. Um, as is always the case, you know, uh, but like I'm saying, for the most part, the characters that I really like in the MCU Aren't there? I mean, they She-Hulk brought back Daredevil. That's a character I really like. Will they fuck up the Daredevil show? That's possible. You know, <laughs> we'll see. I'll be. Will I be disappointed then? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll be disappointed then if that happens. But you know, I've I've been able to enjoy my little Daredevil on Netflix. You know, I've been able to, you know, think. Oh, I wonder what they'll do with the X Men. Like, oh, we'll see. I'm looking forward to maybe seeing Spider Man and Daredevil team up. Looking forward to the Fantastic Four. But. Otherwise, with everything that's been going on since Endgame, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm watching all this. And over a certain point, I was surreal. I was like, I don't really care as much anymore. And I'm not sure how much of that was it, you know, the hype leading up to, to Endgame and me rewatching it so many times with friends and whatnot. Because um, a lot of the times that I've done the rewatches, it has been with other people, you know. And when you watch something with other people, it gets that energy up, you know. You're like, yeah. But since I've been watching it on my own, I was like, ah. You know, this is uh, this is some some comic book type content. I don't read every comic, you know. That doesn't mean I hate every comic that I don't read. It's just like, ah, it's just not what I'm into right now, so I'm not reading it. So that's, that's kind of how I feel about the MCU. When they make something that I want to watch, I'll watch it. And then we'll see how that goes. Yeah, very valid. I think a lot of my grievances are... Basically, it's our topic. Like, it's a lot of overall structure problems with the MCU mm-hmm. and just the way they do things. I will say, continuity doesn't matter anymore. Well, I will say, I don't think they've had more misses than hits. I do feel like people are are catastrophizing a bit. Maybe it's just because I'm like the DC fan who's been like, y'all trust me. Like, y'all are doing y'all are doing better. Like, now don't get me wrong. Does the hater in me want the MCU to fail? Yeah, sure. But like, we're not there yet. You know, when now when it happens, will I laugh maniacally? Of course, one hundred percent. I'm praying on this downfall, but <laughs> we're we're not there yet. Like it's fine. See, that's weird for me because knowing you and everything, and considering what the MCU is building up towards, mm-hmm. aka the X Men and mutants, 
I would have figured that your situations would have been reversed. So you would have wanted to see the downfall earlier, but now that the X-Men are coming, like you wouldn't want to see the downfall. That's the thing, Drew. I contain multitudes, and either way, I win, right? MCU fails, annoying people on Twitter Look, can just suck let it. Tristan be hypocritical, okay? Yeah. Oh well, no no no. It's it's I'm playing both sides. That way I always come out on top. So it's always something. Alright, little finger. See uh, I, see I see I see because I like both sides, I like DC and Marvel, it's like I don't lose. But at the same time by the same time, it's like mm, DC hasn't redeemed itself in my eyes yet. I'm not losing here either, because MCU fails, I get to laugh, whatever. And people on Twitter can kiss my butt because I'm tired of people always giving me shit for the last, you know, 15 years for liking DC over Marvel. So whatever, I get to be bitter and and indignant. Cool. Marvel keeps doing well, makes good movies. I get some good content to watch. And then the X-Men come out and it's good. Great. But then there's also the risk of Marvel's keep succeeding with the movies. The comics keep trying to change to act like the movies, even though they've shown that for some reason... You know, maybe it's because Marvel and Disney don't actually advertise the comics with the movies, you know, and they kind of disrespect the source material by saying, oh, don't you don't need to read this, like pushing it to the side, acting like it doesn't matter. I, the, by the time they get to X-Men, maybe they're going to end up trying to change the X-Men to make it like the movies. And that would piss me off. So I would rather the MCU fail before it can water down the X-Men than I would getting just a mid X-Men movie that is going to affect the radical status quo in the comics now. Now, if they make the X-Men awesome in the MCU, which I would greatly prefer, and they let the comics keep being their own thing, great. Love it. Fantastic. I, I'll take all the good X-Men content I can get. But the comics are always going to come first and foremost for me, and I don't need it bleeding into the shit that I actually like. So, I guess going back to me with my airing of grievances, that just felt like Tristan still had more grievances to air. Uh, I've always got the grievances. Like, again, I think for me it's more structurally and how Marvel and Disney has done things with MCU lately. Mm. I think if I had to talk specifics, and this was just to ease us into the waters here, to kind of warm us up to the reboot question, but I would say probably... Of course, Thor, Love and Thunder. Like, Drew hit nail on the head. That was just, what were you... Look, I like Taika Waititi. What were you thinking, man? Like, for real. What were you thinking? Like, that is... I, I don't even want to say it's a miss, because that's giving it more credit than it deserves. Let's say a miss implies they were aiming at a, at a target yeah. that people wanted. Yeah, and I just don't understand what they're going for. Ant-Man and the Wasp, I would qualify more as a miss. Because it was trying a lot, and I feel like it didn't really hit the mark on anything except for Kang, and then it kind of just waters down Kang by the end. Mm. So I think that's what disappointed people there. And I'm not going to spoil the show, but what prompted me to kind of go, I think I might be done with MCU for a bit, is Secret Invasion. Mm -hmm. Because this show, I'm not a comic reader, you two are. I don't know much about Secret Invasion. All I know is it's a massive event, and yeah, from what everybody I talk to who knows the storyline goes, dude, it's cool. All right? It's pretty cool. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. And when I was told, oh, man, this is going to be about Nick Fury. He's coming back. Samuel Jackson gets to be the lead. I'm like, fucking yes. Throw some motherfuckers into the show. Let Samuel Jackson be R-rated Samuel Jackson. Let him go off. What it was, was the classic Disney 
oh, the protagonist is old and he can't do anything anymore. And it's the old, if you've seen Indiana Jones 5 or Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that and it's just, it's played out. And you go, maybe Samuel L. Jackson, maybe Nick Fury, he'll figure it out by the end. He'll show all these scrolls like, nah, man, I am Nick motherfucking Fury. But I, I'm trying to keep it mild spoilers. It really doesn't. It's a show that's pretty inconsequential, especially when you know things about, like, Harrison Ford's going to be President Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt Ross in Captain America 4. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. I know, that's, that's wild. Like, but... <laughs> that's uh, I'm, I'm, that's just weird, bro. <laughs> yeah, it is. I know. It's like there were there was always like an alt, a few alternate universes with Thunderbolt Ross as president, but it's like it was always like supposed to be like this is the worst timeline. Now it's like okay, so the MCU is aiming for this now. I'm just marveling that Harrison Ford's in a superhero thing. I'm not sure what Thunderbolt Ross is going to be as a president in the MCU. He can't be worse than the last guy. That's all I'm going to say. I'm. Keeping it very mild here. Uh, like the last guy, I don't see a pro. I don't see a problem with him. It's like I might not have watched Secret Invasion. I mean, I know about the president of Secret Invasion. It's a different president than we've seen before, Drew, and he's not one that we want to stake our claim on. There's a problem with him. <laughs> it doesn't come up until like the last minute, and you're just like, wait, why? What? What is this character change? Like I heard of his speech go- going on over Twitter and everything, and my whole thing is, like, if the Skrulls did try to nuke everything, like as they've been saying, why wouldn't he be cracking right. down on them? I'm getting into spoilers now. Tristan, or Drew's seen it. I assume Tristan's seen it. I assume many listeners have seen it. Look, the president declared war on all non-humans, non-Earth people. What that tells me as an MCU watcher is the American people are now going to be looking up to the Asgardians because the Asgardians are new rulers of the U.S. Because Valkyrie and Thor ain't going to take that shit. <laughs> yeah. True that. Oh, you're declaring war on us? Okay, well, we're we're ruling you now. Well, yeah, but it also makes me that also makes me ask like, how far is this gonna go? How far is this gonna go? Because let's be That's, honest, it's not gonna go the MC like, that's what I'm saying. It's like the MCU hasn't really been doing well with keeping continuity and getting consequences to herself. We still have a celestial mountain out in the middle of the ocean, and no one talks about it. Well, apparently they're no going to talk about it in Captain America Brave New World. So Yeah. Drew, we also have a... I'm sorry, I am kind of spoiling you here. I'm sorry. But we also have a new character. <laughs> Who is, is a Gaia with her multitude of powers? Yeah, so there's no point to anything anymore in the MCU because she's the person to go to. Honestly, what I heard that Gaia not only had the powers of every Avenger at Endgame, but apparently other powers as well. I was like, that's it. You ha- She has Scarlet Witch's <laughs> powers. She has Captain Marvel's powers. That's two Infinity Stones. Does she have Scarlet beings. Witch's powers? I thought she just had Captain Marvel. She was at Endgame. Like... Oh, okay. She was at Endgame. They said. They said. I was specifically told she has everyone from Endgame. They showed a list of all the people that she has powers from, and some of them, as Drew just said, aren't even in the Battle of Endgame, which just had me laughing, because I'm like, Ghost? Where'd Ghost was get, even uh, there. Where'd they get that uh, DNA? Yeah, and then it was the Hulk and Abomination. I'm like, that's just redundant. Well, one elbow's gonna be big and green, and they're like one arm's gonna be big and green, the other arm's gonna be big and green and pointy. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Is she like an amalgam? I heard she was just shape-shifting for their powers. Yeah, she was shape-shifting to the powers, but it's all sorts of different 
people's That's like, powers. I mean, she's field. like a super scroll, you know? Like, she just... Yeah. She's got access to those things, and her arm turns into a little Drax she, arm, and she does that little, oh my little, God, little I, flex dude, that I saw on this has nothing. <laughs> this has nothing to do with Amelia Clark. When Amelia Clark got cast in MC, I was like, all right, that's awesome. I was hoping she was going to be Abigail Brand. I wanted to see her some X-Men stuff. I was like, that'd be great. And when like this show ends, I went, well, this isn't her fault. You know what? It's her agent's fault for putting her in something else where they read the script and it just had an awful <laughs> ending, but she's like, let's go with it anyway. Yep. Oh, uh, man. That Terminator Genesis, like, Amelia Clark, look, really good actress. She's fantastic. That said, Great actor. horrible taste in picking movies. It's like Idris Elba. Idris Elba, fantastic actor. And then you look at his film record and you're just... Hey, he's got, he's got some hits. Oh, dude. Hey, he was Knuckles in the Sonic movie. Yeah, that's a big dub. They've been lately, though. They haven't been, like... You go back to his 2000s, 1990s career. Yeah, well. And it's like, oh, like, The Losers is the best thing. Let's say, who, who starts knocking it out of the park? You know? Like, come on. Samuel. Ever, everyone, everyone, everyone now and then has to get their start in Tower of Air movies. All right? You know? <laughs> it just be like that sometimes. I thought the start was coming to America. Oh, I was talking about Idris Elba. Oh, uh, and I thought you were talking girls, about Samuel Jackson. Which is a great movie. Uh, anyways, we're gonna talk about the Medea <laughs> Cinematic Universe. That's the MCU I wanna I wanna do a rewatch of. Tyler Perry. Yeah, the, the Medea <laughs> Cinematic Universe. Let's fucking go, bro. That might be more entertaining than MCU at this point. But I think we've aired out a few grievances here. For me, it was Secret Invasion, kind of just to me destroying like impact in the MCU alongside. I didn't mention this, but the multiverse as well. That's another question we're going to get into for drew. It was Thor love and thunder. And for Tristan, it was more about, he only cares about a few things. And honestly, he's not really caring about the MCU. Yeah. Like I thought we were doing like a ton, like just listing out some of our grievances and like overall, but it's like, for me, it's also like the continuity you cannot tell me that the MCU is trying to keep continuity anymore. Like, I, I, I do not believe anyone who says that. And that's one of the things the MCU, like, builds off of. That's what it's always built off of. But now it's like, there's no continuity. Well, I'm glad you said that, though, because I feel like this goes right into my next question for you guys. And that's the multiverse, because I feel like the multiverse is a big reason why continuity is kind of getting muddled. Do you think the multiverse is becoming too much of a problem for the MCU? We're not saying, like, multiverse movies are bad. Because both of us sat, or all three of us sat up here and said, everything, everywhere, all at once, one of the best movies we've ever seen. Yes. Yes. So, it's not multiverse problems are to blame. Hell, we also love the Spider-Verse movies. That said, Marvel, and even DC, it's not just a one or the other here. It seems like they're not really going all in on the concept, and it's just, it feels very cookie cutter. Well, they're just using it for cameos, is the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're using it for cameos. So, what are you guys' thoughts on the multiverse? Do you think it's becoming a problem for the MCU? Uh, I don't know. I feel the same way. Well, maybe not exactly the same, because in the comics, there's actually characters that give a shit about in the multiverse. I'm starting to feel the same way uh, about the multiverse in the MCU and just comic book movies in general as I do in the comics where it's like, okay, every now and then, every now and then, sure. I, you know, what's, what's, 
the Kingdom Come version of Superman doing talking to the main universe Superman. That's interesting. That story I'd like to see, whatever. But when it's a constant, oh, we're just, the, the multiverse is on the brink of collapse. Like, I don't give a shit, bro. I don't, it's, it, it's just, the stakes just keep getting raised higher and higher. And it's like, just give me a story that matters on like an intimate scale. And that's part of why everything, everywhere, all at once is so great, and we talked about it ad nauseum, because even though it's this big, like, oh, we're going through the multiverse, it's a very personal story about a family falling apart, you know? It's not just, hey, let's bring in this character from this movie however many years ago, and go, ah! You know? Like, it's... And I say that as someone who also enjoyed No Way Home, because, you know, despite its obvious moments of being a cash grab, I do think that is some of the best, like, character work we get with Peter Parker in the MCU so far. That's and that's why, why I, I give Flash a little a bit of pass in some scenes. What? I, I said that's why I think it's acceptable as a cash grab, because, yeah. like, I think everybody sees, oh, they were using nostalgia, and they were trying to keep, like, the worst-kept secret that both of the other Spider-Men were in the movie. But when you watch the movie, it's not just... And I don't mean... I'm going to bring down this movie here. It's not like Multiverse of Madness mm. that propped up cameos, and then you watch the movie, and you're like, this is pretty much Doctor Strange 1 with cameos, and mm-hmm. Scarlet Witch is the villain, which is an improvement. Massive improvement. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a massive improvement over the first Doctor Strange. That movie was gas. Well, I'm saying the villain, at least. Ah, uh, gotcha. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, 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 you're right. I forgot about I forgot about Mads Mikkelsen. I was just thinking about uh, uh, Shibuto Edgy for his Baron Mortal, and I was like, wait a second. He wasn't the bad guy. He was just there being cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan of Mads, but... Uh, I yeah, am, too. He's like he's like Amelia Clark in Idris Elba. I, what are you oh, doing? Oh, boy, man? is he. Come on. Oh, boy, is he. <laughs> at least he was cool in Casino Royale. Hey, he's great in Hannibal, as well. Well, there you go. That's Hannibal. He is Hannibal. But, He's the uh, titular Hannibal. Yes. But I, I agree with you for the most part. And like I said, I feel like No Way Home is a lot of nostalgia. But then when you watch the movie, it's a full movie. Like the character, the cameo characters are fully fleshed out characters. Yeah. They still have those awkward mm-hmm. moments where it's like a pause for the audience to cheer. The Daredevil cameo. Yeah. <laughs> Quite literally, I think it was Charlie Cox said that. He was told to wait a few seconds. He said, this is weird. It's like, yeah, but people are going to cheer you in the theater, so you need to do it. I mean, hey, when the goat shows up, <laughs> you know, you got <laughs> to do what you got to do. Before I throw this over the Drew, I have an extra question to ask, because you brought up everything everywhere all at once and it feeling intimate. I think part of that, too, and this is more of a problem with Disney for me. Mm-hmm. Why are these budgets so big? Oh. Why the hell, and this doesn't just go to Disney, it also goes to DC. You look at the Flash and how much that costs. Yo, then you go to Indiana let's, Jones. Let's not look at how much that costs. That was... Indiana Jones cost, what, $400 million? Holy shit, did it? I yeah. think it did. Hold on. Like, Keep talking. Why? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the numbers on this. There is no reason on this planet that Indiana Jones, any Indiana Jones movie, should cost that much money. $381 million. I mean, no, sorry, that was the box office. The budget was two hundred ninety-five million to three hundred million, but also, but adding marketing, it probably was, you know, yeah. in the four hundred million range, similar to Flash, where Flash was like three hundred million, and that's not including marketing. So then marketing is always like an extra hundred million or whatever. Do me a favor, Tristan. Look up, mm-hmm. uh, real quick. Look up, uh, everything everywhere all at once budget. All right, bro, I got you. Don't even worry. 
I think it. I, I think it's just under a hundred million. It but, is, uh, bro. <laughs> it's somewhere between fourteen point three million and twenty five million. So oh, that's my question to you guys here, alongside the King multiverse shit, stuff, is. Do you think these massive balloon budgets are also a problem? Because I think yes. they're one of the top problems in this entire thing. Uh, Drew, you didn't get a chance to answer, so I'm gonna let you go here. So when it comes to so when it comes to the budgets, I think they're absolutely a problem, and it's I think it's also because of the success of Infinity War and Endgame. Reason being, both of those were over two hundred million dollar budgets, and what happened with and what happened with them is that. Disney do, Disney and most of the other companies don't realize that was built up. Again, it was 11 years of build up to get to these final two movies. These were the movies that everyone wanted to see. They wanted to know how the MCU would end because originally it was billed as the ending of the MCU until Disney said we want more money. And throughout it throughout it all the budgets just kept ballooning on other movies because they're like we want those billion dollar hits. And instead of like building it up it's like with the uh, cinematic universe everyone wanted to copy marvel cinematic universe and everything it's like instead of trying to build it up they wanted to get it out as fast as possible because they wanted that cash grab immediately this is the same thing with the budgets they're pushing the budgets because they believe a bigger budget means that people will go to see it more and that's why ticket prices have risen so much over the 10 years not just because inflation because but yeah inflation is a problem but these budgets are just pushing it higher and higher. Now movies have to be billion-dollar movies to break even. And that's just sad. Real quick, before I throw it over to Tristan for the budget question, what are your thoughts on the multiverse and the MCU? I think the multiverse and the MCU could be good. I think they haven't used it very well. I also think it's confusing, because it's a combination of time... It's like a combination of time travel and universe jumping. Yeah, shit pisses me off. Yeah, two different it's like... Things. Yeah, those are very those are very different things. They should not be connected. Like in in uh, Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness, it's universe jumping. It's different universes. Okay, cool. With others, though, it's just oh, this is timelines. Loki being the biggest offender of this, and it's like wait, 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 wait. So these are different timelines. They're not different universes, and it's just like so confusing now. It's it, it doesn't it's just doesn't make any sense. So does that mean? That with the time stone, I could go to a different universe. Because I, I, I just have so many questions. Yeah, shit don't make sense. Yeah. But it, for the way Marvel uses it, it's more of a cameo machine. It's like, oh, here's that old property. Or here's that actor from that property you like so much, but brought back. And just because they have used it so blatantly to try and trick us, I just really dislike it as it is right now. I mean, how many times are you going to bring back the actor of a previous of a previous work just to say, "Oh no, lol, we're tricking you"? I, I'm I'm just I don't like the way that Marvel has used the multiverse. The only time I like it is in No Way Home, and technically, that's not Marvel using the multiverse. That's Sony, because Sony made that movie. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Tristan, what are your thoughts on the budgets? Uh, that's spending too much money, man. Like. All right. Well, yeah, that, like, it's unnecessary, bro. Like, why? You know, the first Deadpool movie was what was the budget? Fifty million dollars, something like that. Dude, it's just what you pulled up about everything everywhere all at once. That movie cost, like you said, fourteen to twenty-five million. Yeah, and that shit was bananas. And you hear so many times from people going, 
you don't need CGI as much. Use some practical effects. And keep in mind, by the way, you have some things going on currently at the time of this recording with the VFX workers unionizing, and it would be great not to have to rely and put so much on them, and you could be like, you know what, we're going to use this practically. I mean, hell, look at Oppenheimer as well. That's another thing. Look at uh, Blue Beetle. Like, it's not necessarily doing super well at the box office, because... Dude, you guys said that about the suits. But yeah, the suits look great. And I was surprised editing that. I was like, wait, are you serious? It was pretty much... And it was. Like, isn't it just a helmet, I think? The CGI? A little bit of CGI around the helmet, like, to make it the chin move like when he's talking or whatever maybe to make yeah. it like smoother with the suit itself but yeah the the suit itself is practical i think people are wanting that more not to like hijack your answer here no no you're but go by all means and on the top and on the topic of suits like one of the things i also think is gotten is the proliferation of nanotech mm. it is good it has become everywhere in the mcu to the point where characters who should never have it have it like thor has a freaking nanotech helmet well, and that adds to the VFX thing because then so many, and this is this isn't even just exclusive to Marvel. Like this is a superhero media thing, a general thing. You get all the VFX with the nanotechs, and how often does do the transformations like actually look good? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It sucks that like whenever you watch Infinity War and you see the reveal of oh man, Tony has this nanotech suit. It's really cool, but then when everybody else has it. And then you look everywhere else in the superhero genre, and that's become the new trend. Yeah. Well, it was it was even cooler when Black Panther did it first. Was that in the first movie? Yeah, in his first movie, he got the nanotech suit. Came out of the necklace. To be honest, I didn't I didn't like it because I liked the uh, original suit design. The original suit design was much better. Yeah, the helmet specifically looked way cooler. I agree with you guys. You're talking about the Civil War suit. Yeah. Yep. I like the Civil War suit better. I think that might also have to do with Black Panther. And when we talk about CGI, that's one of the... That's a great example. Really, yeah, it's like one of the actual legitimate criticisms a lot of people who even love the movie have. is like, yeah, the CGI ain't great. I mean, you didn't like the War Rhinos? Well... The War Rhinos, <laughs> I could have lived with. The final fight with Black Panther and Killmonger, I was like, this does not look good. Where it literally looks like Black Panther and Gold Black Panther. Yes, and you can exactly. barely tell the difference. Yeah, yeah. It should not have happened underground as well. They, that should have happened in front of the people to like finish off the arc of T'Challa actually being able to defeat Killmonger. Well, we've went over a few things here so far. We've went over our grievances. We've went over stuff like our uh, thoughts. On the multiverse becoming a problem, budgets, all sorts of stuff. So we're getting to the main event here, and I think MCU is not going to reboot just snap at a finger. It's not going to do it. They're gonna if they're going to reboot, it's going to be after Secret Wars. So my question to you is: Should the MCU reboot, hit the reset button after Secret Wars? And if you think the MCU should reboot, how do you think they should do it? clean slate, bring back some characters and start over with others, etc. Tristan, let's start with you. Well, there's, I mean, rumors of it happening anyway where they would get a little bit of a soft reboot after Secret Wars, but I don't know. I'm kind of over doing this topic. Yeah, I'm kind of over reboots in general. Like, either just end it or keep going. Like, if you're going to reboot it, do it all the way fresh. But I feel like with 
the way that the MCU has become such a big thing over the last, you know, what it'll be 15, 16 years by the time they get to the point of Secret Wars, almost 17, uh, like just rebooting it immediately. Like, all right, well, now here's a new Iron Man. Like, that's just, that's dumb. Like, we're just, I don't know. It, it, I don't think rebooting is necessary. Either just end it or just stop having to build to such big stories where it's just so oh, we're we're raising the stakes constantly constantly just go back to making smaller things with actual stakes and actual stories not that you know not to be like oh they should do it like dc because clearly dc has its own issues and we haven't seen anything from this new regime yet but it is what james gunn is saying where people it's not necessarily that there's comic book movie fatigue which yeah, i think there might be but it's also a thing of like people are tired of stakes that don't matter and like stories that don't really matter. And it's just all oh, this one big thing. is just a popcorn thing. Like if there's actual stakes and like emotional stakes and heart, and there's something to say with the movie, then people will give a shit. That's why people liked guardians of the galaxy three so much. That's why people like the spider verse movie so much. That's why a lot of people liked uh, Wakanda forever so much because there was heart and emotion behind that. Like if there's actual, if there's actual filmmakers who are getting to tell their stories instead of having to bow down to the overall structure in this cookie cutter formula that it, where everything's just starting to feel the same thing, especially with the shows, like to the point where they've made fun of it in their own shows, then people are going to keep, you know, people are going to keep going to the theaters or heading to the streaming services as long as people who are making it are actually putting in heart and emotion and giving a shit instead of just saying, all right, well, we have to build to the secret crisis war of infinity, you know, civil, whatever the fuck, you know, like just <laughs> make things that are good is what it boils down to. If that's with a reboot, sure. Whatever. If that's with just taking the time to make things well, also great. James Gunn said that on what the Michael Rosenbaum podcast. Yeah. That was a really good interview, by the way. It was. It was a great yeah. interview. If anybody out there hasn't listened to it, highly recommend. He talks about DC. I think he talks about Superman and, and Guardians as well. Mm. Uh, really good interview. But uh, regardless, I'm kind of the opinion that I think it does. And a lot of that, as I said before in my grievances there, has to do with Secret Invasion. I feel like Secret Invasion was kind of just... It wasn't everything, but it was like the last straw for me. I was like, nothing really matters here. Like, the story doesn't really matter. The characters don't. I mean, there's a few characters I kind of care about. You got Daredevil, which, Tristan, as you said, based on stuff that's been said about it, might suck. Or it might be real good. Then you get, or it might be real good. Who knows? Then you got Spider-Man, who's main actor, as much as I do like Tom Holland, Seems like he's not really interested in playing Spider-Man anymore, so I don't know. He's probably good for another trilogy and the Avengers movies, but post that, who the hell knows? Mm. So then you're just going there and you're like, all right, Fantastic Four, if they ever cast anybody for Fantastic Four. That's, were, yeah, same, that's a, <laughs> What have we heard about it? They were struggling before the writer and actor strike. I, I mean, God knows. At least they're going to have time in between these studios to think about who they can get. Because they were struck, they really wanted Adam Driver apparently. <laughs> but besides the point, and then the X Men, and that's about it for me. So I sit here and I'm like, yeah, you know, after Secret Wars, it might be good to hit the reset button. And another thing for me, 
as much as I do like Sam Wilson, and I really did like Falcon Winter Soldier, contrary to the popular opinion, um, but characters like that, it does suck to be like, yeah, we're going to hit the reset button and go back with Steve Rogers. I just don't like the idea of us finally getting the Fantastic Four and the X-Men and Doctor Doom and Galactus and all these other characters. And Iron Man's off the board. And Steve Rogers is off the board. And Black Widow's off the board. Like, you know what I mean? It feels mm. incomplete mm. now when all is the Hulk pieces the are board? there. Hulk's kind of off the board. I, I, wish he like. was, I wish he was actually off the board because we've talked about how I feel about Mark Ruffalo Hulk. Yeah, look, Mark Ruffalo, I'm, I'm with you, Tristan. I think Mark Ruffalo did a great job with the Avengers. Fine actor, great in the yeah. Avengers. Yep. He's been declining as the Hulk for me ever since Avengers. It's because they. It's because we don't do anything with the whole. Yeah, that doesn't help. No, it does don't. not help. So Taylor, you say you want to reboot. Now, are you answering how should it reboot and how you would do it, or are you both answering should you reboot and then you're going into how you reboot it? Because I have a question. How about... I would reboot it. This yeah. is going into a little bit of clash of stash here. Uh-huh. I was thinking about this a few weeks ago when I prompted this question to you guys. I would have it to where an Avengers team wins secret wars and some kind i would have it to be because i want some actors i would want some to stay i don't know what that team will consist of but i can tell you two actors off the top of my head three actually off the top of my head i would keep that is tom holland spider-man benedict cumberbatch as dr strange and amon villani as miss marvel mm-hmm. those are three people i feel like i cannot lose in their roles even totally if Tom understand. Holland isn't as interested, I feel like I have to keep him on the board. <laughs> you just throw truckloads of money at him. Yeah, just keep just keep throwing money at him and be like, hey man, you want another trilogy? We'll introduce Miles at the end of the next one. <laughs> so at least we can get a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of help for you. <laughs> My issue with it rebooting, and Drew, I'm I'm I wanna guess that you'll be somewhat you'll you'll be able to bear with me on this is so we we talked earlier like you said marvel's had more hits than misses in the public eye and i just don't think that's true i think that at work there have been two things where people are like this is actually bad secret invasion people have been saying this is actually bad thor love and thunder actually bad everything else that people have really complained about at worst it's been like this is mid so they've just had a bunch of mid and a couple bad things and people are like, oh, we got a reboot. Whereas... I can agree with that. You compare it to DC, and while I enjoy <laughs> it... true. <laughs> lot of bad. And they're just trucking through. It's only now that they're rebooting. So it's just like... Maybe it's just me being like, oh, you MCU fans are babies. You get a couple things that not everyone <laughs> loves. And you're like, oh, fucking reboot the whole thing. Like, get the fuck out of here, bro. Like, come talk to me when you're arguing about a movie about your two favorite superheroes for fucking 13 years or whatever the fuck. It's not been 13 years. Like, What movie are you talking about, Tristan? You know, I'm talking about Batman v Superman, goddammit. <laughs> I would also... In my, like, hey, reboot thing, I would add Sam Wilson to that team. But as much as I liked Falcon Winter Soldier, for the most part, and as much as I did like the Sam Wilson arc, the thing that I'm still very iffy on is Anthony Mackie as the lead role. Even, like, seeing... I haven't seen Twisted Metal yet. I've only seen the trailers. But there's just something about Anthony Mackie that I feel like 
it's just not coming naturally. It was just a trying too hard aspect to his acting to me that I just couldn't get past. And Falcon Winter Soldier, I will say, is the best acting performance he's done by far to me. But I, I just wanted to throw that part in there. Drew, would you do a Marvel reboot? Okay, first, because I wanted to say this before you went on your spiel, uh, Tristan, <laughs> I think the difference is that Marvel has had a lot of good movies, so the expectation for Marvel to at least have good is a bit higher than it was for DC. Oh, sure. I yeah. Fully, no, that's Yeah, true. I fully agree with you. I fully agree with you, though, because a lot of people are being babies about yeah. it. Yeah, I know, and I, I, that's why it's so infuriating, because like you've had so much good, so you know they have the capacity to do good, so why, after a couple of mid like lukewarm reception you're immediately like it's all over we gotta reboot it's like just give it five minutes all right they've done it. guardians 3 this year guardians 3 like i almost yeah. fucking cried watching that movie now this is yeah. just my opinion i put it as a top five mc movie period but yes. I, I know that hey, mileage i wouldn't disagree varies. but uh true please continue okay so for me I have been say- I have been saying this over and over. You guys have heard me on the podcast. It should have ended with Endgame or Far From or Far From Home, just to show that the universe continues even if we never see it. I like that poetic stuff. But if you if it has to, I would want it to reboot. And the reason I wanted to reboot is because I would just want it to go into a new X Men universe that has other superheroes a part of it, because because the X Men deserve a faithful comic adaptation. Not one that is mired down by, oh, we can't have them in their classic suits or whatever. It's like, no, go with the cheesiness, except the fact that it is except the fact that it is silly, because most media is silly. Most of it is silly. But it's like it's still like you can have uh you can have fun with it and you can still make a serious story out of it. I don't need a comment about it not being yellow spandex because we've all wanted the yellow spandex. I've been begging for that yellow Just, spandex. I know. Might right? be getting we're finally getting. Yeah, we're finally getting the yellow. Yeah, we're spandex. finally getting it. It's a bit different. But Not yellow enough. It. <laughs> Make it more yellow. Need more yellow. Need more yellow. It's like get, it's like put them in the mask. I, I want them. I want them to look like a human lemon. It's gonna be a. <laughs> it's gonna be a nanotech. I swear. I swear <laughs> I to Christ, swear. if they give him a nanotech fucking mask. Gee, hey, you never saw I, Hugh Jackman. With a helmet on. Now that might just be because they're saving it for another scene in the set photos, but I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know. You know, the only time I wanted to see an X Men with sort of nanotech is Storm, but only because I want her to see her lightening her clothes into her uniform. That's not even nanotech. That's just being badass. I know. Which, right? That's that's another thing. So just going back to your point about the nanotech costumes, Drew. That's another issue that I have with superhero movies in general, like, oh, we're gonna make this realistic. No, you don't. Have her just lighten her costume. Why? Because it's fucking cool. Have Wonder Woman just twirl around, <laughs> and now she's in her costume. Why? Because it's fucking cool. The only time I want... There, there are three people where it's like, I want to see them put on their costume, all right? I want Spider-Man trying to put it on in a rush. Because that's Peter Parker, he's just always stressed out. Batman, give me a cool suit-up scene. You know, putting on the gloves, clicking the belt, putting the cowl on, looking up. Exactly. Superman, he's already got it on. He just pulls off his shirt. Like, just pulls it open. That's it. That's all the, that's all I need to see. Otherwise, get fucking weird with it. Yeah, they already did awesome with Iron Man, like, three times with his suit-up sequences. Yeah, those were great. 
we're not getting those anymore because it's we got the nanotech. Get out of my fucking face, bro. I want to see the helmet slam shut. And it's just like, oh, like my nips are hard. This is great. <laughs> it's like Brooklyn yeah. Nine-Nine with hold. Apparently nanotech is a trigger for Tristan. Yeah, I'm over nanotech, bro. I'm over Same. nanotech. We talked about it in Blue Beetle. Yeah. It's like, it's like we said it before. It's like just allow characters to have their unique transformations. It's like it's. It's one of the awesome things about comics, the variety. It makes it it makes the people whose unique transformations are nanotech less unique. Point being, getting that to the question. Oh yeah, um, about the reboot. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry, uh, got sidetracked with that. But yeah, like I said, I want them to reboot it to be an X Men focused universe with other heroes about. You don't even have to explain where they where the other heroes came from. I just wanted to be focused. Yeah, on general that. audience knows at this point. Like that's the yeah. thing that that's the cool thing about doing a soft reboot or a hard reboot of the MCU is and and this goes back to my Clash of the Stash little thing here that like yeah you can keep a few actors characters around like Amon Vellani, Tom Holland, Benedict Cumberbatch, Ryan Reynolds, all of them, but then you could just fill it out with new actors playing these characters and you don't have to explain where they came from their origins because the MCU already did this that they paved the way for it and characters from the mcu created this new universe so it doesn't feel completely pointless yeah you know and it's like let's be let's be real here well i'm not saying like people should focus on like uh people having that and situary knowledge and everything like dc tried to do with the uh suicide squad and everything but most people know some of the origins of the characters because they've already had live action appearances that aren't that old most people know the Fantastic Four's origin. You can say yeah, you don't. I don't know if they, I don't know if the general public cares enough about the Fantastic Four. They know the Fantastic Four. They know it's like oh, it's the Rock guy and it's the stretchy guy. But like, I doubt you. They could tell you oh, they got hit by cosmic rays while they were on an unauthorized test flight. Like, yeah. You know. And honestly, the Fantastic Four is one who I would want to see their origin back again. But I'm just trying to say it's like most people know the origins of these characters and everything. And mutants don't even need an origin because they're mutants. Yeah, there's mutants. Well, you go to DC and it's what everybody says with Batman. It's like, how many times do we have to see the Waynes die? How many no. times do we need to see Clark Every Kent time. We origins? need to see those pearls. We need we, we, <laughs> pearls. we need him to have a traumatic flashback. Otherwise, we won't know why he's Batman, Taylor. Do you know? Do you understand Batman, Taylor? <laughs> Apparently I don't. Apparently you <laughs> fucking don't, bro. Don't come up and tell the two combo guys that we don't need to see the Waynes get murdered <laughs> in every piece of Batman media. To continue my point <laughs> so we don't go off a yeah. crazy tangent here. Oh yeah. With yeah. Superman, you always see the origins and him on the farm and everything. And I, I think with James Gunn, he's talked about in the past, it's not an origin. It's him in his early years, but it's not an origin. The same thing with the Batman. I feel like that's the reason that worked as well. Because mm-hmm. you didn't need to see him become Batman. And I think at this point with the MCU's main characters, now maybe not with characters like the Fantastic Four, like you guys were saying, but Captain America. Nobody needs to see Captain America's origin again. We get it. Iron Man, I don't need to see Tony Stark's origin again. You can start out a new universe with a lot of these characters already as these characters. And you're seeing them through the eyes of another perspective, like Drew was kind of saying, it could be the mutants. It, hell, it could be Spider Man. It could be Miss Marvel. There could be so many different characters to do it through. But at least, and this was 
again, the whole reason why I say I think you do need a reboot is that way all your pieces are back on the board. Yeah, and and it's like it would be a re- it would be recast and everything, but it's like we establish their histories are almost identical to the MCU ones, and it's like you can keep going. No, it seems it, to me it, like it, y'all are asking for what DC is doing, and we see how people are reacting to that. Honestly, yeah, honestly, yes, but I've been asking that for a while. Like, yeah, to pull back to pull back on um our class of the stash stuff, like Taylor did. When I said I wanted to introduce the mutants into the X-Men and everything, my whole thing was, let's keep the history, but let's, like, bring them in some way that's realistic. Or, like, not going to mess with the canon or anything. It, and that's why one of the reasons I wanted Wanda to, like, just make the mutants. Even if it's, like, an alternate universe or everything, at least we got that. Because, cause, like, Tristan, you mentioned in our... um in our long box thing with the debate of should Marvel reboot everything, mm-hmm. it's like people like that history. People like the um all that um canon and everything that goes on and it's just like you want to keep that. Which is so why I like think a reboot's good. dumb. Yeah. It's why it but it's like for me, it's like if we're go- if we're going to reboot, I want a soft reboot. I don't want it to be like, oh, there's new origins, everything. Just like there's new ev- there's new stuff to the history. Like Logan was in World War Two with Captain America and just like nobody, and it's like nobody knows it because he's just like this wanderer guy, and he's like this this random Canadian soldier. To well, that's people. less of a reboot, more of a retcon, and those are two different yeah, things. I guess, I guess so. But it's like, let's be honest, Wolverine wasn't there. We saw Captain America's history. Yeah, but we didn't see every, uh, <laughs> we didn't see every battle in World War Two in the MCU. Like he could have been there, and we didn't see every like action that Captain America took in the MCU. He was Captain America for years past in that movie that we don't see. Like, can we actively explain mutants? Yeah, there's many ways you can explain mutants. I do not think so, because I think all of them are... Charles made everybody forget, because they were being hunted. They could do it like the Ultimate Universe, which would be ill-advised, but they could do it where mutants accidentally get created by human beings, like, via experiments. Like, there are multiple ways to introduce mutants to the MCU. They could just now be manifesting because of the energies of the blip. Like, there's... Okay, that one I can roll with. The other two, I have... The other two I have problems with, because if humanity created them and everything, it makes it weird that the mut- that mutants would start appearing in rapid fa- in rapid fashion to- enough to create a team. Well, it was like the reason why, uh, um, like in in the Ultimate Universe, like Wolverine was the fu- first mutant because they were trying to recreate the Super Soldier Serum. So you could just say it was a leftover experiment from the super soldier serum and they've slowly been building in population. I don't know. Like I'm not responsible for bringing the X-Men. I'm just saying there are ways to bring them in without a reboot. To respond to Tristan's original question to us that it sounds, or I guess his point, like it sounds like you both are wanting to do what James Gunn's doing with the DCU. That people, I know it's a bit divisive, but I'm really digging so far what I'm hearing from James Gunn in the DCU. I do wish he'd be a little more specific about what exactly they're doing. That they that the studio would answer whether or not Gal Gadot is going to play Wonder Woman. And I would advise against it, to be honest with you, in that instance. Because while the MCU, I think, can thrive with characters coming back, the DCU can't really. Because Tristan Hellman, you said this so many times. DC, they've been through it. (laughs) So I think you need that pretty much total swipe and be like, all right, fresh slate. Yeah, I've never been so divided on um, 
personally divided on a um, decision in movies with Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman. It's all Wonder Woman 84. It's to me, it's all Wonder Woman 84. For me, it's more you're already recasting Superman and Batman. That too, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. and it's 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 the same with me because I don't because if if an actor is returning, I want them to be a completely different character. But if like make her a at the same time, yeah. But it's like for me, but it's like another point. It's like ah, but I really did like her as Wonder Woman in the first movie. But it, I just—it's just something that tears me up. But I do want a clean slate, so I think I'm more for the clean slate. Yeah. Well, another thing, Tristan, you brought up, and then we can get our final thoughts on this and wrap up. Was it feels like if you just did a reboot, like okay, I think you said something like it doesn't really matter, like you're kind of just doing away with it. Mm-hmm. That's where I think it's also important to make Secret Wars feel like it was impactful in creating this new universe if you go through with a, re- with a reboot. And you do so through, I know this breaks the bank here, but I would call up RDJ, I'd call up Chris Evans and make them a part of this whole thing. Same thing with Hugh Jackman, same thing with Tobey Maguire. You make it a nostalgia thing, but you make them instrumental in this core Avengers team that's actually going to carry over. So like a final passing of the torch. Yeah, a final passing of the torch to where they pass it over to these new characters you want to keep. Like I said this whole time, I would, like Benedict Cumberbatch, Tom Holland, Amon Vellani, Ryan Reynolds, the actors you would want to keep as those characters, they win Secret Wars. They exist in this new universe. The past versions of the characters essentially help them create this new universe. So the MCU we watched still mattered. You know what I mean? I think that's what's key. If you're going to do that style, that soft reboot and some are staying, you got to make a Secret Wars movie. I mean, yeah, there has to be an incontinuity reason for it. But then yeah. what's the solution? Like Flashpoint, those, in a way. Yeah. Uh, don't even get me started on Flashpoint. But, like, what's the solution? Then once those characters, like, those actors age out, you just reboot again? Like, at what point is this going to end? That's a fair point. But at the same, it's one of those things where it's like, it's business, man. Like, it, it's making money. So you well, I'm sorry I care about art, money. Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, look at where we are with Star Wars right now. Yeah. To where it was, it's all business and it's all quantity over quality. And now at this point, I know all three of us, I think, are a bit well burned out here. I started to, yeah. That's, that's, I, I'm not even watching the Ahsoka show, and I love Ahsoka. And Ahsoka, while it's getting great reviews from what I've seen, or at least great reception from what I've seen, it's not doing great viewership-wise. Same thing with Andor. Andor got great reviews, but yeah, it was poorly I didn't, received. I didn't watch. Uh, you mean it got great reception, but was poorly reviewed. Yeah, poorly reviewed. Yeah, I, 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 I still haven't watched Andor. I've been, people have been telling me I need to watch it, and I will at some point, but I don't know. I'm just tired, man. So, yeah, I mean, you're right when you're like, man, think of the art. But yeah, you also got to think of it. You got to put your business brain on and be yeah. like, shit, it is making so much money, though, so you got to keep it going. Yeah, but even if they reboot, like, the MCU how much do we really think people would then care? Like, they may be like, oh, I was curious. What are they doing now? Like, oh, a different version? But, like, how many people would just be like, well, it's not the version that I did care about, so, like, why watch it now? Like, are people really going to get the nuances of, and I'm just speaking, I'm being devil's advocate here, because I No, no, really, it's a very good point to make. I don't really care either way, but I'm just, you know, for the people who are listening, like, 
how much will the general audience be able to understand the nuance of like, oh, well, this was the original universe, and then the timeline changed, and then now it's this new thing. Not that they aren't smart enough to get it, because obviously all the multiverse stuff we've seen over the last few years proves that people get the multiverse, but it's more of like how much investment will no, they No, you're feel? asking the audience to stay with you through all of it. I don't yeah. think that's a... I don't think you're patronizing to the general audience at all with that. I think it's a very fair question to ask. Yeah. Because how many people jumped off after Endgame, you know? If I was being 100% honest, from what I personally believe, just looking at the trends of what's working, mm-hmm. I don't think it's superhero fatigue. But I do think it's starting to go down. I think these budgets will eventually start to go down. Cause they need to. They're not going to be making their money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think something that's going to replace superhero movies as the new, like, huge trend, hot take here, I think it's going to be video game adaptations. After the success of The Last of Us, after the success of the Mario movie, the Sonic movies, there's a Fallout show coming out on Amazon Prime, I think, next year. You have a God of War series in the works, I think, also in Amazon Prime. They're making a Metal Gear movie with Oscar Isaac, which, as a Metal Gear fan, Fucking yes, that is awesome. And then there's Jack Black over here talking about a Red Dead Redemption show would be awesome. Like, there's so much material for them to go through. And you look at the success of Last of Us and the Mario movie lately, and you're like, that that could be something to keep your eye on here. Oscar Isaac is killing it with his roles recently. He's killing one of those roles, whether or not those movies or shows are successful. I was I about to say, it's a similar... Yeah, Clark and, that was, no, I was going to say similar to <laughs> Idris Elba and Emilia Clark, where it's like, alright, there's... And Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> and Mads Mikkelsen. It's like, you're so good, but who hurt you? <laughs> like, why are they doing this to you? Boom, Hopefully night. Metal Gear is not one of those projects. I, so it's a video game adaptation, I'm pretty sure it will be. See, you this, say that, but I think that's changed, and that's kind of yeah, my point. It, it only we've only had Last of Us and Super Mario uh, Brothers movie really successful. And people are like, oh, these the are Sonic actually movies? good. The Sonic movie, was yeah, really but even good then, book. those are those are fun and fun family movies and successful. And I trust me, I love them. But I don't know that my takeaway from that is, oh, video game movies are killing because they changed so much of it away from being like a quote unquote video game movie. It's a movie with video game characters in it, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, I don't agree with Tristan. And that. it's not even yeah. like it's not the story of Sonic. Like Last of Us is the story of the Last of Us. They essentially just made the first game. Super Mario Brothers, they take a lot of elements from the Mario games and turn it into an original story, but that still sticks to the Mario formula. The Sonic the Hedgehog movie is well, it's Sonic's now in the real world and. He's being adopted by James Marston. <laughs> the Donut Lord. James Marston is also another one of those actors, by the way. Bro, don't even get me... St- <laughs> get, let this man be Hal Jordan, please. I want to see him win. He deserves something. He does, If he becomes Hal Jordan, I need, some, I need some callback to the Sonic movies. Just like him making like a, so- you could make a, a Sonic, Sonic ring. Yeah, construct. But yeah, I guess my whole thing is I do think that the video or the superhero trend is slowing down a bit and something else will take its place. I hope so. And my whole thing is I think superhero movies will become more like westerns and raunchy comedies. They're just going to be a thing that 
either really works or it doesn't. It's not going to be, oh, you'd make a superhero movie like in 2018. If you made a superhero movie in 2018, 2017, you were getting close to a billion dollars. That ain't the case anymore. Remember when society decided to make a Morbius movie? Well, on that note, <laughs> let's get the hell out of here. Uh, <laughs> we, we flew too close to the sun. But to, but yep. it's Morbin time. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Uh, Tristan lost his talking privileges for the rest of the I, I'm not saying I'm pro-Morbius. I'm just like, we. there was such a... They got too cocky, and they are like, let's make Morbius. And it's honestly ironic that you would do that, Taylor, when you tried to force us to watch it. Yeah, I'm not watching that. I'd do it shit. again. I'd love to see you fucking try and make me watch Morbius, <laughs> hey, bro. It is Morbius. This is not happening. I will quit this podcast I'll before plug I watch it here. I'll plug it here, so I won't plug it later. We do have a Patreon. You can support us. We're not going to have any podcast content locked forever behind a paywall. We're just going to have some early access episodes for this show and Lombok Centers in the future. Um, but if we do get some patrons, if we get enough support and there is enough demand for it, I think I can coerce. I think I can get Tristan Andrew don't, to watch more. Don't make problems. Don't hold your keep. breath. <laughs> I'm about to say, you are seriously underestimating how much I refuse <laughs> to watch that movie. Mar- Marvel, them- Marvel themselves couldn't get me to watch it when they were trying to push it. Across the Spider-Verse tried to get you to watch it. They were like, is that vampire movie? <laughs> they sure tried it. Again. And I was like, mm, that's a fun reference to something I'll never watch. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and get out of here there, guys. Let's talk about what we're working on and where can people find us. Tristan, what you're working on where can people find you? I'm still cranking out articles over at Screen Rant. I'm also working on the Long Box Hunters podcast, our comic book show, alongside... who? who who's on the show, Drew? Who else is on there? Is that a trusty co-host <laughs> named Drew Garrison? Is that is that who it is? Well, not Andrew Garrison, but it's Drew Garrison. I didn't say Andrew. Much. I said a trusty co-host named Drew Garrison. Oh, I thought you said Andrew Garrison. Close <laughs> your bad. mouth and open say. your ears, Drew. I'm so, so I'm so sorry, Arbiter of Culture. I'll there we this. go. That's what I like to hear. Don't and also, indulge him. No, indulge me, please. <laughs> <laughs> So he's been doing this dance long and you have Taylor. He knows how to how to wrangle with the bull. <laughs> and also, as much as I as much as I praise as much as I praise on air, at the at off air, he and I go butt heads. Yeah. So it's like we're it's like we're fr- it's like we're friends and I'll always have his back, just like I will always have yours. You're a part of the circle now if, too, buddy. If you see like, <laughs> if you have you guys seen the community? Because yes. what I think of Tristan with his ego is like Jeff Winger. When <laughs> Is is it a bit that I do just for the shows, or is that real life? Who's to say? You know, you'll the I audience will never it's know. Real, it's real life. I've no, I've the audience will never know. It's real life. Uh, but you can also find me on the socials: uh, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. It's still Twitter uh, at Back Issue Bins. So there you go. And you can find me on the socials as well. I'm Drew. I'm Drew Garrison underscore, and I'm on th- and I'm on three, almost four social medias. If I can ever. Pick up the courage to just get on TikTok like Tristan's telling me to do. Do it. Uh, well, if you want to find them, they have link trees in the description of this episode, and you'll be able to see all the stuff that they're up to, all the crazy shenanigans and tomfoolery that they do. And uh, don't forget the Ballyhoo. Hey, can't forget that. Never forget the Ballyhoo. But I want to thank my co-hosts, Tristan and Drew, for joining me. I want to thank anyone for listening in. Be sure to check out our Discord. 
The link is in the description along with our Patreon. We'd love to hear your thoughts on all of this. Which, oh man, you're going to come across as a crazy person if you try to respond to everything we said here. Uh, but we would love to hear you try. I don't uh, mind. I, w- I accept the challenge. <laughs> we'll, be- we'll be back next week with a brand new episode.